Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2066. This week on Cars Yeah, we're celebrating the Friends of the Steve McQueen Car and Motorcycle Show that takes place June 5th on the campus of the Boys Republic in Chino Hills, California. To get your tickets and learn more, go to stevemcqueencarshow.com. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts should say motorcycle enthusiast today because of what we're going to be talking about. Welcome to Cars Yeah. Today I'm in my hometown, San Diego, California, uh, where it's always sunny. I should have brought my surfboard with a very special guest by the name of Don Ince. Don, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have any gear and are you ready to release the clutch? Yeah, I'm ready to, ready to go, Mark. All right. And I should say twist the wrist too, because Don is very much into motorcycles, which is cool. Brings me back to my youth with motocross. And we're going to learn about that in a minute. But before I give you a proper introduction, Don, what's one little thing that maybe people don't know about you? Well, the main thing about me is I try to keep the vintage motocross scene alive. The bikes that started everything uh, here in Southern California and I mainly deal with off-road bikes, and those are, of course, called motocross bikes. And a lot of people don't know, it started here in San Diego back in 1966. Yeah, it's so cool. I mean, some great history. Uh, some of my listeners know, and I've talked about this, growing up uh, down in Southern California, San Diego area, I had a good friend, Bobby, and his brothers who raced motocross, and they had a garage full of motorcycles, and they were always loaning me bikes and we would go riding out by um, Miramar Naval Air Station before that area was developed. There was lots of places to go riding and we could ride our bikes <laughs> from La Jolla, California to Miramar. Yep. There was a big storm drain. You could drive under I-5 and we would pack uh, fuel on our backs. <laughs> I can't believe we did this. <laughs> uh, so we'd have some fuel cans, we'd ditch, ditch them in some bushes and we'd ride motorcycles out there all day and we used to go down to Mexico and camp and ride up and down the beaches. So, ah, uh, I'm reliving my youth with you today, Don. Thank yeah. you. Well, I've heard that story a lot. I lived in uh, Benita, which is down oh, by oh, Chula yeah. Vista. Yeah. Okay. And that was just getting developed in the early 70s. Same thing. Yep. You could go out your back gate, your family had a, or push it down the street, hit a crossroad, and you could ride to East County, and you could ride all the way to the border, all the way to Mexico. Oh, yeah. CJ. So same thing. I used to be able to ride my dirt bike in junior high from my house on this uh, dirt bike trail in La Jolla to Maryland's junior high. And uh, I had to go across one street. My, I always promised my mom I would get off the bike and push it across the street. I didn't really do that. But at, Me too. at any rate, yeah, it was it was wonderful. Well, let's get started and talk about you. Oh, and we're going to talk about this wonderful show. Don Ince has been involved in the vintage motocross bike scene since 1997. He started after meeting the father of motocross, Edison Adai. I know that name. He was the man who brought Husqvarna motorcycles to the United States and started motocross racing in America. 
Southern California. Edison also started the first line of accessories that he called Viking Products. And Don, well, he decided to take over that name and started Vintage Viking in 1999. He sells vintage motorcycle memorabilia, parts, motorcycles, and accessories. And then Don got involved in the Steve McQueen Car Show in 2009, which was their second show back then. The event raises money for the Boys Republic High School in Chino Hills, California, where they help troubled youth find a positive path in life. Now in his 15th year, Don and many others help keep this great event going. They've raised millions of dollars for the school and his students. We'll be back in just a moment, but first a word from our sponsor, so give them a little listen. Uh, Get your helmets on, get your riding boots on. We're going to have some fun today. We'll be right back. My friends at Covercraft offer you 10 different options. That's right, 10 for your vehicle's protection. You can choose from WeatherShield HP, HD, Sunbrella, Ultratect, Reflect, FormFit, Custom View Shield, and their newest five-layer all-climate cover, three-layer moderate climate cover, and a five-layer indoor option. You have all sorts of ways to protect your car. All of these are custom-tailored by Covercraft's talented craftspeople. It's the form and fit with the quality to attention to detail that's been their standard since 1965. Surface protection is the best way to preserve the investment you've made in your vehicles. It's what I do. Covercraft protects cars, trucks, motorcycles, RVs, trailers, and watercraft too. I have a Covercraft cover for every one of my vehicles, and I've got a deal for you. If you use the code YEAH21, Y-E-A-H-21, at Covercraft.com, they'll give you 10% off your order, plus you get free shipping. That's right, 10% off and free shipping. Just use the code YEAH21 at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. Last year, I changed my collector car coverage to American Collectors Insurance. That's who now protects my Porsche Turbo, the one I call my Orange Crush. But did you know they also insure your valuable collections of automobilia and other collectibles? If you're like me, you've invested in a lot of cool collectibles over the years. Those items are valuable. And if you were to lose them in a theft or a fire, well, try to get your normal homeowner's insurance to pay you what they're worth. Good luck with that. American Collectors Insurance provides you with assurance and confidence that your collectibles are fully covered. They insure a lot of items, including automobilia, wine, baseball cards, books, figurines, die-cast models, model trains, glassware, sports memorabilia, toys, and a whole lot more. American Collectors Insurance, they've been protecting us enthusiasts since 1976. They provide you with an agreed value insurance policy backed by a long history of taking care of their clients. Give them a call today for your personal agreed value quote at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of mine, Mark Rains here at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. That's American Collectors Insurance. So, Don, we are back. So let's uh, twist the wrist and go a little deeper into the corner here. Before we talk about the Friends of Steve McQueen Car and Motorcycle Show, I want to talk more about your business and this uh, motorcycle craziness that you got involved with. You and I had a similar our youth, it sounds like, down there in San Diego area. Tell us about this history you have with uh, motocross and riding. Well, a lot of since we lived in Benita, it was basically a lot of hills. So, you know, it seemed like that the men, the boys, got motorcycles, whether it was a Trail 90 or fortunate enough to have a bike like a Husqvarna. 
and it seemed like the, the girls had horses because we had equestrian trails all over. Oh, yeah. So most of the guys I'm meeting, even friends that I talk to today, reminisce about that in old times. And when I did come across meeting Edison Guy, which a friend of mine was going to marry his daughter, and he said, hey, you've got to meet Edison Guy. And, and you know, he started this, this Husqvarna deal. And I go, yeah, I, I know all about him. So I met Eddie, and we had a pretty good bond. And uh, he kind of started talking about the old writers, Torsten Hallman, Lars Larson, Gunnar Lindstrom, and he still had product. And slowly, you know, I said, you know, I could probably, you know, the vintage scene's starting to take off. I could probably start selling off some of this. And that's how it started. Oh, wow. And I've been doing it ever since, but I do buy inventories myself. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm always looking for a bike to, let's just say, like a home to flip. But the market's like everything else. It's up and down. It, it gets a little cool, you know, I, stuff kind of piles up in the warehouse, and then you get a little break. And, you know, it's like anything else, but it's been fun. Is the vintage bike market doing what the vintage car market's doing right now? Are you seeing a surge in people buying this stuff? Yes. Yes. It's kind of funny that, any, you know, some of these bikes, when I started in the late 90s, you could pick up in the classified ads when people were reading a newspaper for four or $500. And now a, a similar bike, in that condition that I was buying for four or five hundred dollars twenty, twenty five years ago would be more like two thousand, twenty five hundred, even even more than that. Like some of these huskies, just to have a core is bringing three, four, five thousand dollars. So if they have gone up. People like to relive their youth and uh, you know, you take me back to mine. My first bike was a Trail seventy when I was about twelve. My mom and dad bought my sister and I each one. And we used to go camping down in Baja, California and we'd ride those things up and down the beach and you know <laughs> and now I look at those things and you gotta spend four to six grand to buy one of those. Mark, you hit it just right. A friend of mine, Brad Boyle, has about thirty of those. Maybe 30? even more. Oh my gosh, yeah. I need a, I need yeah. his phone number. <laughs> well, we'll get together with him and you sounds like you over to see his thirteen hundred motorcycle. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's the it's it's the coolest collection and we could talk about that if you'd like to a little later, but he's tied <laughs> into the car show. But anyways, he's got one of every year of a seventy, one of every color. And yes, he's paid as much as seven or eight thousand dollars for those restored bikes. Just a core, once again, just a one that runs that yeah. you might be able to ride with tires on it. It's going to cost you three or four thousand dollars. Yeah, it's absolutely incredible. Well, let's talk about the Friends of Steve McQueen Car and Motorcycle Show because this show not only, and we'll get into the benefits of this show and the money that it raises for the Boys Republic. Let's talk about the show now. You know, tied to Steve McQueen, of course, Chad, uh, Steve's son, has been a guest several times on my show, and I got to spend some time with him at the last Steve McQueen Car Show I was at before the COVID crisis hit us all. Now, Steve McQueen definitely has a tie-in with bikes. He loved to go riding out in the dirt, right? Oh, yeah. He was a desert. He was a competitive, and he was at a professional level. He could keep up with the best at that time. Now, your business, since you sell these bikes, vintage bikes, memorabilia, and so forth, I'm assuming you still get on these bikes and ride yourself? Yeah, I have quite a few bikes. Um, the problem, since I am a business owner i need to turn them so a lot of the bikes that oh, yeah. i've had to sell i regret i wish i could have them but they they do pay the bills but yes and they're still fun and by 
by today's standards, that Husky 400, that speed and clean road, has almost as much power as it is the new 454 stroke today. Yeah. Believe it or not. It's pretty cool. Now, how do people find you to buy, to uh, separate their, uh, their money and their wallet for some history here? Well, I've been doing this for so long, I will just randomly always get emails. Yeah. You know, they just go, oh, just, just contact Don at Viking Motors. Halo.com, and they do, and they, hey, Don, I'm looking for this, looking for that. And it's not uncommon for me to get three or four emails or phone calls a day either looking for a bike or my month number one thing I sell is control cables because you're always busting a brake cable or a oh, clutch yeah. cable or a throttle cable, and I sell those daily, uh, and I have thousands, and I can also make them up if somebody has a particular size. What, so, what are the bikes that are most popular right now that people are seem to be focusing on? Uh, well, from that era, let's just go back to, to our time. Let's say a late 60 to late 70 bike. Yep. For vintage, if you go to the vintage racing, you'll see Makos, BZs, Old Tacos, Huskies, oh, yeah. and Osas. Now, a lot of guys will have the early Elsinore, which Steve McQueen owns, the Honda Elsinore, from 73, 74. They like those. They like the Yamaha YZ and the Suzuki TM and RM. Uh, yeah. So those are pretty common in the vintage scene, and they all bring a premium. They all, they're all bringing really good money. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's get back to the car show. You've been involved for some time since their second show. What does the Steve McQueen Car and Motorcycle Show mean to you? Well, it means a lot because when I first got a phone call, I had one of Steve McQueen's. It wasn't mine. It belonged to Rob Phillips. Somebody from the show said, hey, you know, call the Auto Museum. They've got a Steve McQueen Husky down there. And then they, they just called me, hey, they call the Steve McQueen Car Show. I was okay. So I called one of the, the committee members and he said, hey, can you bring it up for the show? We're starting to put this on. And when I showed up, you know, there was somebody like, I don't even remember. I think I might have been the only guy with a bike, you know, 10 or 12 bikes. Uh -huh. And so I saw it, and then they walked me around, and I didn't know anything about it. I just thought they were having a car show at some high school campus. And I got the tour. Chris Burns took me around and said, well, this is what we do here. We got troubled use. And at that time, they had about 200 on the campus. And they go, hey, you know, we get a little bit of help here. But not enough. We have these kids, feed these kids, clothe these kids, educate these kids, and it costs a lot of money. So, you know, like the first car show up, I think Ron Harris told me it brought only 15000 Now we're in the hundreds of thousands. Yeah. So I, I started to take it to heart because, and, and you you can relate to this, you, you had parents, you, had a, a, you, you were in your own bedroom, you had a roof over. Most of these kids come from broken families, yep. maybe don't even live with mom and dad, grandparents, an aunt, an uncle, a sister raises them. They get into a lot of trouble, but, you know, you start thinking like, wow, I got a pretty good deal. Yeah. You know, I actually had parents, lived in a nice neighborhood, had a motorcycle, you know, and you think these kids are anywhere close to that. And I just said, wow, okay, I can do this. I'll be part of this. And a couple of years went by and then bikes started coming and then uh, they had asked me, hey, why don't you jump on the committee and we could really use you. So I think the committee, maybe since the Le Mans thing, 2011, I've been involved. So about 10 years, 11 years. But they're bringing bikes now for 15 years. 
it's a wonderful event. Cars, bikes. I mean, there's there's all sorts of cool things at this event. Last time I was there, you got to do a, go on a glider ride, which was pretty cool. Yeah. They, they even had yeah. some old like farm equipment that was powered by a motor that sh- you could show how belt operated equipment. I mean, there's all sorts of things to see. But as we'll talk about in a little bit more importantly, the Boys Republic really changes lives and it changed Steve McQueen's life for sure. You know, I like to talk about people that inspire. Now, this school inspires a lot of young people to do better, and and it inspires Steve McQueen to do better with his life, and we all know where he ended up. But maybe in your uh, world, Edison Dye seems to be somewhat of a a big inspiration for you and really led you on this path. Is that right? Yeah, that's true. When I met Eddie back in 97, I really didn't know what the man had really accomplished. But when I found out he was able to get the Husky brand over to America, and a lot of people don't know this, when he went to Sweden to say, hey, I want to be a distributor of this manufacturer, they declined him. Really? And they said, no, we don't We don't have the facility to open up a world market. We want to keep it in Europe only. Mm. And they only manufactured 300 motorcycles in 1966. So Edison, just, he, <laughs> you would have met him. He was a guy that just was a pit bull. And he just <laughs> said, I'll take everything. I will do the marketing. I will take care of the advertising in America. Give me two bikes. So the first year, he ended up with 85 bikes. Wow. And uh, 75, 250. And 360. The next year, Husky manufactured 1,200 motorcycles, and Edison got 900. What? And then they <laughs> stepped up production, yeah. and in 1968, they were up to 1,800 units. Edison sold almost 1,500 of those. Wow. And at that time, he started the racing, the first annual, you know, Interam. Yeah. And he brought all the Europeans and mixed them with the best. Americans and had four races, you and you know the tracks: yeah. Saddleback, Carlsbad, Carlsbad yeah, Westlake, <laughs> yeah, Westlake Village, and and um, Santa Cruz. And then that's how it started. So Eddie started this Interam sixty eight, sixty nine, seventy, and then in seventy one, all of a sudden everybody goes, "Wow, this is unreal." So the AMA stepped in and said, "Hey." You know, this has got to be AMA sanctioned. So they really started putting the heat on Edison to promote it through the AMA. And it was kind of sad because that meant Edison was going to lose a lot of profit and a lot of notoriety. And then by 72, it got called the Trans AMA, 73. And by 74, Edison just walked away and he had his hands washed in about 19... 75. Mm-hmm. And then, and everybody forgot about Eddie until the, the, the late, great Tom White came along and contacted me and said, Hey, this guy's a father of motocross. I got to get this in notoriety. So Tom and I got together, took Edison out, and um, Tom White actually gave the two recognition to Edison Die for starting being the pioneer of motocross in America. Wow. It's incredible history. And yeah, a lot of people don't know about that. You think of Husqvarna still around today. I mean, they're still making road bikes and off-road bikes. And they also make, don't they make some like lawn equipment and stuff like that too? Yeah. Yeah. What a lot of people don't know that Husky has been around since 1689 starting. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's the second oldest manufacturer in the world next to 
Poland, they have Zildjian cymbals, and they've been making pots and pans since 1629, I believe. Oh, my God. But so Huskies started with suits of armor. Uh, <laughs> they were more of a blacksmith company. Yeah. Then they made powder rifles. And they were the inventor of the microwave oven. So there's, you could, there's so much involved. Now, now Husqvarna was sold out to Kajiba, you know, like the Ducati company yeah. back in 87. And then BMW took them over in around 2010 or so, give or take a manicure. And then they, it kind of failed. And now they've been, KTM's really running the show and they're doing a fantastic job. Kind of back on the road. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Very cool. Well, uh, amazing. Do you you ever think back to think how fortunate you were to meet Eddie and and how that changed your life? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because Edison was a character. A lot of people um, didn't like him. Uh, he was he he was a a good businessman, and you know every businessman you meet that's made it successful is very aggressive. So you're always going to step on toes. Of course. I, I know a lot of my friends that have made it big. I've talked to people. Oh, that guy, you know, they'll say bad stuff. But why? Because they they got beat to the punch. And Eddie also had a tour. It was really interesting. He started it back in 1963, where you went to Germany. You got a BMW, you and your wife or yourself or another, and you got to go on this 21-day tour. And at the end of the tour, you ended up back in in Germany, and then they took your uh, BMW and flew it back to the United States. Oh, yeah. It was I all know for people that have done that. Yeah. And Eddie started the tours. And really? now a lot of people, yes, a lot of people do that today, but Eddie never got recognition for that. Wow. There was a man that wrote a book on it, Ed Youngblood, who's a big AMA guy, and tried to get it across to people, but people say, I'm going to go on this Mexico tour, this European tour, and I said, well, Edison did that 60-some-odd years ago, you know? Wow. That is pretty cool. Yeah, I've known some people that have done that, and yeah, if you love riding, and Europe is a wonderful place, there's so many great roads off the autobahns and so forth, uh, in the case of Germany, but either uh, even other countries that are wonderful places to go riding. So I had no idea. Well, you've, you've taught me a lot today. Well, the thing about that, that leads into the motocross, because Edison was watching motocross races in the 60s and saw that lonely soil going up through the Alps, and he said, hmm, and in, and that's when he started. He did a couple small races in 66 and 67. And in 67, he was able to persuade uh, a couple of the big Swedes that were racing for the factory. Hey, if I pay for you to come over here, you know, will you help me get this motocross thing going? And that's how it all really started. Was actually from the tours that he did with his, with his, yeah. That's so very cool. It, very. It, it really is. I love it. It really is. <laughs> I love it. Well, let's take a short break uh, for some sponsors here. We come back. Uh, we'll continue our fun ride. So we'll be right back. I've teamed up with AutoGeek because, well, they've been the leading source of auto detailing products, accessories for more than 20 years. Their Pinnacle Sovereign Paste Wax is specially formulated from Brazilian Carnuba Wax. It's easy to apply on any paint surface and provides that warm glow that we love, especially me on my vehicles. You're going to love it too. A favorite of car shows countrywide, Pinnacle Sovereign Paste Wax from AutoGeek wipes on easily, requires no drying time, is easy to remove, and provides up to 90 days of protection against 
against damaging environmental contaminants. This wax is designed to exceed the standards of the most discriminating enthusiasts and collectors. Go to autogeek.net to get yours for the best product selection on the internet today, along with their very skilled technical support. autogeek.net. That's where I go for all my detailing needs. That's autogeek.net. If you're listening to this program, there's a pretty good chance you believe what I believe, that the collector vehicles we love are more than just a means of getting from one place to the other. They're a part of our culture, our identity, and as a people, they bring us together at vintage races, classic car auctions, and thousand-mile rallies. That's why I support the RPM Foundation, which exists to ensure that the critical skills necessary to preserve and restore these important vehicles aren't lost to time. RPM stands for Restoration, Preservation, and Mentorship. And their goal is to inspire the next generation of vehicle restoration professionals through its outreach programs. And they include Shop Hop, Off to the Races, the RPM Future Class, and many others. These programs engage talented young people across the country and connect them with mentors and a variety of opportunities in the industry. For more information on how the RPM Foundation is driving the future of collector vehicles skill trade, visit rpm.foundation today. I've discovered Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual, informed, reasoned opinion based on first-hand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion and mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions, ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. And be sure to use the code CARSYEAH when you subscribe and they'll give you $10 off. Boom! Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. So let's talk about this, Don. I like to ask my guests about a big challenge they faced, maybe even a huge failure. And the reason for this is, Everybody's going through something. We've all gone through a lot in the last few years and continue to uh, with world affairs today. What's something that really pushed you up against a wall, maybe a big challenge for you? And, and how did you come out of that uh, with a great learned lesson in a positive way? Well, you know, it's, it's kind of like what happened in 08 into 09. People really got tight. So oh, yeah. the last thing they're going to do, and, and a lot of time they have a significant other, they have a wife or whoever, that's going to say, you know, oh, you're going to buy another bike from Don or are you, you, you ordering parts? I see you got your credit card out. And that stopped because people said, hey, what's going on with the economy? You know, they can't go spend two or three or $400 on some bike parts of a trophy queen, a bike they're restoring. Because most of these guys, 50% of the people will ride them, 50% of the people restore them. So that was really hard. So... Basically, I had to get into other things, you know, to expand. Not only parts, I was doing deliveries and a little bit of uh, documentation, you know, helping the people at DMV just to get out of that. And I do have uh, some friends and they got family. So when things got tight, I was always able to fall back on some help from people. So, but then just, you know, got back up and things kind of turned around and... 
just I'm keep pushing forward with these bikes. Yeah, well, gosh, 2008, 9, even 10 affected so many people in so many different ways. And uh, you go through these cycles. When you get to be your and my age, you realize these cycles are always happening. They're always going to come. And that's why you got to save for that proverbial rainy day because it will happen. And young people sometimes just, you know, they don't even think back and realize that can occur. But for you and I, I look back at uh, real estate depressions that happened in Southern California and people go, a depression in real estate in Southern California. How, <laughs> yeah. how could that be? Yeah, well, it yeah, it hit a lot of people. I had a lot of friends that lost their homes and jobs and so forth. So uh yeah, it's always coming. So always have a good runway and be prepared. Now I always like to ask my guests about a special vehicle in their life. I would guess in your case this might be a motorcycle. So is there maybe one that stands out for you you could tell us a little story about? Well, you know, my dad was nice enough to buy me when I was in junior high if we had moved to Benita. We actually lived in Coronado. Oh, Can you wow. imagine Beautiful. that? My yeah. dad actually nice. wanted out of Coronado after living there for 40 years. And so when we moved, every kid had a dirt bike in Benita. And I, oh, God, you know, I kept on telling my dad, and I got a Yamaha, a 1974 Yamaha 100. It was really neat. It was, it was just like, wow, you know, your first bike. It was a new bike. And it, it sticks in my mind. But I remember at that age seeing the guys on the big gun, you know, the Huskies. Oh, yeah. The Honda Elsinore 250s. So you always dreamed one day of having one of those. But uh, the 100 would stick out, kind of like you're talking about your Trail 70 there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you know, remember those those uh, Yamahas, too, the, the dirt bikes that were, had the beautiful bright yellow and black graphics on the tanks? Uh, yeah, well. those were 1970. That was yep. it only. And yep. then that became Yamaha's trade throughout the years was that yellow with the black stripe, even through the plastic years. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to crawl into your skull a little bit here. This I usually ask my guests if they were manifest as a vehicle, what they would be. I'm going to limit yours a little bit here to a motorcycle. So if if Don uh, looked in the mirror and saw himself for who he was, the man he was in the mirror, as a motorcycle, what would Don be, but more importantly, why? Well, I would have to go back to the iconic, you know, 1970 Husky 400 Cross for the fact that uh, it's around me everywhere. I've got pictures of the bike. I sell most of the parts that everybody calls. They always want a part for that era bike. And, hey, Steve McQueen rode one, and he put it on the map. Yeah. So you'd want to be the iconic Husky 400 Cross because, you know, it, it's like, hey, you're on a Husky, you're the king of cool. You know, you <laughs> no are kidding. the king of cool. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, yeah. With, with McQueen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just have to say that because we're talking Steve McQueen, you know. I mean, he's the guy. You know, you wonder how many bikes did that guy sell for Husky? Well, you know what? In 1969, Husky was only at 2,300 bikes. 1970, it stepped up. Steve was caught riding that bike. His first bike was a 68, but... He was out on the racetrack in, um, on 69 models, you know, the iconic Lake Elsinore race. And when On Any Sunday came out, the Husky sales doubled. Everybody wanted a Husky. Of course. And, and they were, they were a bike now. Everybody knew the Husky brand. Yeah. And the sales just marked, it just 
Oh, it's just unreal what one person can do. Yeah. Well, when he's a superstar in the movies, most definitely. So I always ask my guests about giving back. Obviously, Boys Republic and your involvement with the uh, car show and the motorcycle show is really important to you, I would suspect, right? Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah, so let's talk a little bit more about what Boys Republic does there. And, and as I mentioned earlier, and people who remember my talk with Chad, you know, Steve McQueen, when he was about 14, 15, he had some tough parents. He'd run away from home. He was getting in trouble in L.A. And our judge said, you have an option. I'm going to put you in jail or detention, whatever they call it for a 15-year-old. Or you can go to the Boys Republic, and as some of the, the mythical story goes, well, what's that? Well, it's this school <laughs> in the country. Oh, I, I'll take the country club. Yeah, but this, this, this school really turned him around, and he continued long after he became successful, and even today through Chad and the family and endowments and so forth to continue to help the Boys Republic. And now they've got a, a girls' school that's an affiliate that's on a different yes, campus. Yeah, so talk a little bit more about all the great things they do for young people that really don't have the kind of life you and I had with strong, loving parents and a roof over their head and uh, food in their belly. Well, I'm going to tell you one thing, and I've talked to this about many people that I brought to the school and seen what they did. They've done their little tour. They said, Don, why don't public high schools work with this? They have a masonry program for laying concrete and blocks. They have plumbing. So these kids learn a trade. Yep. But the most important thing is, I was there yesterday at a meeting. We're actually building a motocross small track and some jumps and having some, some young men out there, professional riders, to you know let people know what it's like and get up close. But when I was walking around there, the campus, every young student, young man that I walked by, Hello, sir. How you doing? Hello, sir. Hello, sir. I mean, just like, wow. You don't get that. You, you don't, get that. You don't get that in most public schools. Yeah, you, know, you just get a scowl. You don't get that anywhere. And I worked on the Marine Base for three years. And, you know, I walked around there in between when I wasn't working. And I would just maybe go into the market to get a uh, soda or something. And I'd be every Marine that walked by me, regardless if he was a young recruit or an officer it was like how are you doing today sir yes. and i got that feeling so they have a, a saying a quote nothing without labor mm. and i think that's what says it they, they give those guys a foundation to work on they teach them that hey nothing without labor whether you're going to be a mason or you're going to work in a print shop or you're going to go into uh what you're doing mark um, it's not easy and it takes hard work, but you'll get there. And I'm telling you, I heard the success rate of those young men coming out of that high school is, is, is pretty, pretty high. I mean, these kids don't go back to that. It's uh, it's absolutely wonderful. You know, I have uh, two charities of choice here at Cars Yacht rel that relate to this, the Tech Force Foundation and RPM Foundation. These are both organizations that raise funds to help kids learn trade, specifically in the automotive uh, repair industry, in some cases, airplane, anything with a motor, uh, that kind of thing. But it's wonderful. And I, I, I kind of sense that the trades are coming back. And one of the great things that Tech Force says is uh, it's not a blue collar, it's the new collar trade. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I and like I, that. I think young people are realizing that, you know, uh, there's nothing wrong with a four-year college or any kind of education, but for some people, it's just not what they're wired for. And to go and spend a lot of money, and we know the debt problem right now with uh, loans, student loans is 
out of control, horrific, and it labors and keeps so many people tied down. So I think it's absolutely spectacular. And it's proof that even if you have a young person or an old person that is getting in trouble and doing the wrong things, they can be helped and they can be set on a good path. They just need the right direction, the right support around them. And the Boys Republic does that. I'll put a link on Don's show notes page here to the Boys Republic so you can go, you can help, you can donate money. Of course, you can get involved with the car show and help in that way too because it raises a lot of money. Raises a lot of money. How about a great book, Don? Is there a book you'd like to share with our listeners? Well, not really. I, I, <laughs> not I'm really. kind of a guy, not really much of a reader. I, I, I do have a lot of books, and, and they pertain Motorcycles. mainly to, yeah, that or the beginning, you yeah. know, the beginning of where all this came from, and kind of like your Edison Die book or your Malcolm Smith, like, oh, wow, that's the guy that invented the two-cycle motor. Yeah. I, I have a lot of that type of checky books, but... But not really. I, I, I'm into history, and I, and I do, when I'm at the San Diego Auto Museum down there, they have a really nice assortment from the Model T all the way up to the latest and greatest. Uh, they've got a GT40 down there. It's nice. pretty crazy. But um, I just like the history across how things came across, and, and I think that's how, when I learned about Edison, and then I had met a lot of the other men that were involved that today, like Can-Am, they were involved in Husky in 1966. Now they're the big air filter people. And Jeff Fox, um, now Fox Jock, he was a racer. Gerald Bassani, now he's a big muffler guy, and he makes pipes for Harleys and just about anything. So those are all the people that I met, and and it's all part of uh, motorcycle history. And, and so that's... Uh, I think that's why I like this bike thing more than anything. And, and going back to the Boys Republic, we're go, Mark, we're going back to 1907. I know, when, it's when amazing. She started it. I know, you'd think there was nothing there in 1907, you know, just, yeah, just but, fields. But it, it's absolutely tremendous what they've done. So I'm going to let you go on what I call, for all my guests, the ultimate ride or drive. Uh, for you, it might be a ride. So here's what you get to do, Don. I have an unlimited amount of fun, so don't worry about the cost. I'm going to buy you any, in your case, bike. You can be riding anywhere you want, and you can be riding, they would obviously be on another bike probably, with anybody living or deceased. Now, this is interesting since we've talked a lot about Steve McQueen, so I'm wondering if Steve would be a guy you'd like to go riding with, if I can make that happen. But what does the ultimate drive or ride look like for you? And let's start with perhaps the bike you'd be on. Well, you know, now that we've talked about everything, uh, let's go to the Alps. Let's go to one of Edison's tours back in the day. You know, maybe I'm sure it's not as really populated as Southern California, but let's just go to Europe. Let's go to Austria and go through those back roads on a nice touring bike, a nice big Honda. I'm not a Harley person, but I would say like a nice Honda Goldwing, kind of going through those back narrow roads going up to altitude, getting up there to the snow caps. I would say that would have to be the ultimate ride, and, and I'm sure a lot of people are doing that now. That's that's in their bucket list, I'm sure. Ah, uh, yeah, I think so. And now there's some uh, buddies of yours or people that you'd like to be taking this wonderful trip with? Well, I'm telling you, we could go back, you know, uh, you know, and Eddie was alive back then. If he went on all the tours, I mean, if we want to go back that far, uh, I, I would say, can you imagine going through these hills in today with, you know, the guy started all these tours, Edison Die, 
with Steve McQueen there, and let's not forget Bud Eakin. Oh, you know, yeah. that was Steve's good friend, and, and, and he's another man that a lot of people don't know what he accomplished. You imagine having that and, and <laughs> maybe having my son there and, and, and just all your friends going with these greats, you know, maybe 10 or 12 years. It would be kind of like the e-ticket ride, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure um, it would be. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a we, we, wonderful. I'm one. not knocking anything here because I've been riding up through the Redwoods there and the Avenue of Giants, and I know you've been there. That's really pretty, too. It doesn't last long, but it sure is pretty. You know, I'll tell you a, a really fun story. My son and I, we picked up a Beck Spider, which is a replica of a 550 Spider, down in Long Beach that John Wilhoy built. And my son and I, he was only eight. We drove it all the way back up to Gig Harbor, fifteen hundred miles. And one, one, oh my gosh. yeah, one night we stayed um, where the uh, beginning of the redwood forest is in Garberville. It once had the yep. biggest uh, redwood mill in the world. And we stayed in this little cabin. And we woke up the next morning, and there was all these motorcycle guys that had come in. We heard them come in at night. They looked like you know, almost like Har- like Hell's Angels guys. They all looked a little spooky. Well, it turned out that they were all just lawyers and doctors riding their Harleys. And we all left that morning, and they gave us kind of a tour through the redwoods. Now imagine riding in the early morning in a be- open Beck Spider, which is like a little race car, surrounded <laughs> yeah. by all these motorcycle guys on Harleys. It was surreal. And we pulled over at one point and they took off down the road and this highway patrol guy was coming and he turned around and he came up behind us and, he, and I said, or my son said, uh-oh, dad, what'd you do? And I said, I don't know, we're just sitting here. And he walked up and he goes, okay, is this... uh?" Um, you know, that movie star's car, the guy that was killed. And, <laughs> and I go, well, no, his was destroyed. He goes, I know. But he goes, and I got to ask you, how'd you get that, like, all of those motorcycles to ride with you? I mean, what, what was going on? with you? And we had this nice little chat, but uh, that was a pretty fun morning. Yeah, for sure. That must have been really neat. Yeah, you know, and, yeah. and those backs, those five fifties are they're pretty sharp. I they're mean, fun. you know these 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 cars are breaking three, four, five million. Yeah, so that's the next best thing. Yeah, I no, you, you. yeah, you can actually oh well, I could at least afford it. Well, you've taken us on a wonderful ride today. This has been really great, Don, and I'm so glad we got to talk here. Before I let you go, could you maybe share a success quote, a mantra, or some words of inspiration for us today? I, I think there's nothing about labor, but there's one thing if you remember in, uh, on any Sunday, Steve had quoted that, you know, when you go, I'll just break this down. Basically, he said, when you're out there thinking the world is all that bad, you see a bunch of guys on motorcycles having a good time and you have to take a second look. Yeah. You know, at life, like, hey, you know, it's not all that bad. When things are down, you can get out, go for a ride, clear your mind, which is really nice sometimes. And you know that. You're talking about the, the, the ride in the 550. But a lot of people I know, they will have a bad day, but they know they're going to ride home on their motorcycle from work. And even if they're in traffic, they just kind of just close their eyes and just, uh, or maybe even go the back way around, forget the freeway and get on a bike. But, but you know, I mean, things aren't so bad when you look at somebody and you're having a good time on a bike and, you know, pushing through with the, with the Boys Republic, they're nothing about labor. It's true. If you want to own that motorcycle, you want to own a real 550, you're going to have to work at it. And there's nothing wrong with that. You <laughs> yeah. Know? yeah. 
Absolutely. Yeah, I remember that 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 saying on any Sunday, that great movie about writing. Uh, yeah, and you can still find that out there in a variety of sources. So how can people get a hold of you if they want to get into bikes or they're looking at bikes? Uh, would it be the email you talked about earlier? Yeah, the email I talked about. And um, at any time, I answer my emails, I answer my texts. I'll even help people guide them if they want to, you know, like me gone a lot of people call me and go, look, I got this old Husky. I've got this old Suzuki. I, I'm going to sell it. Should I restore it? And I usually tell them it'll be the same. The, the, the final thing will be that if you go for four or $5,000, yeah, you might get your four or $5,000 back, but they're going to get the same amount if you would have sold it at 3000 as is. Yeah. And another thing before we sign off here, the Steve McQueen car show this year, when we talked about it, is the theme, the theme is on any Sunday. So it's all about bikes. Cool. And um, it, it, I'm trying to get many bikes out there, people listening, trying to get all these people to come out on June 5th and, and bring their motorcycles to Chino Hills. It would be great and celebrate the 50th anniversary of on any Sunday. So it was actually 51 years, but we had to do them all last year. Of course. And that was 50. So we're about 51 years, but we're going to call it the 50th. There you so, go. Yeah. Um, save the date, you guys, because this is going to be a big one. And, and like I said, the McQueen family is very involved. And God now has got his uh, son and daughter involved, which is even better. Now we got the grandkids in there helping. Yeah. And it's a fun thing. And come on, it's $10 a person to come in and walk around. And, I know. And, and, and like you said, what a mix. Cars, trucks, bikes, farm equipment, tractors. Yeah, top fuel dragsters. We got boats now that are coming. Wow, wow. Well, listeners, uh, again, you can learn more about the Friends of Steve McQueen Car and Motorcycle Show. It takes place June 5th on the campus of the Boys Republic in Chino Hills, California. You know what? This is the year to get back out and do some stuff. Uh, 10 bucks. Uh, you can't find a car show for anywhere around 10 bucks these days. Uh, it's a great thing to be a part of and support. Uh, you can just find everything at stevemcqueencarshow.com. Also put... Uh, Don's email here on his show notes page. So if you're looking for old bikes, you can reach out to Don as well. Don, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise. It's been fun reminiscing uh, my old days on bikes with you. And until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road or at the Friends of Steve McQueen Car and Motorcycle Show. Thank you, Mark. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah! Yeah!